Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's rock and roll comedian Don Jameson. You're listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast. Rock is not dead. No, it's not. I don't care what Gene Simmons said. Rock is not dead. It's very alive. So pay attention and crank it up. Here's what I love. I love when they, they've combined now alcohol with things you would never normally do. Like, you ever see these wine and painting classes? <laughs> yeah, nobody here ever had the urge to be a fucking painter. <laughs> you open a fucking a few bottles of wine, all of a sudden you're Andy Warhol, right? <laughs> I have a doggy daycare center in my neighborhood, just got their liquor license. I immediately adopted two rescue pups. Honey, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm an animal lover. And if you don't drink, that's fine. Just don't preach to me, right? That's all I ask, man. I had a friend come up to me, he goes, dude, you should quit drinking. At least I don't wake up with a headache every morning. I'm like, I don't either. I'm a comedian. I sleep till 12.30 in the afternoon. I beat the system, motherfucker. You know, give me fucking six Bud Lights. Dilly dilly. Let's go. Right? You're listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast featuring special guest from that metal show, rock and roll comedian Don Jameson. Strap in, bitches. when you are, man. All right. I'd like to welcome back to the program uh, uh, comedian Don Jameson. He's got a new album coming out, Denim and Laughter on Metal Blade Records. Don, welcome back. Good to be back. And yeah, the album is out now. So uh, stream it on Apple Music or download it on iTunes or Spotify or God forbid, 
you come see me live and pick up a physical copy on CD and soon vinyl. Ooh, nice. You know, yeah. Don, that's all well and good, but uh, we let's uh, we need to get right to the point that people really want to hear from you. And uh, are you ready to uh, <laughs> lay out your plan for how you're going to stop the spread of the coronavirus? Um, I'm just going about my day just like uh, any other day. Um, this I don't know. I don't understand what this this, this coronavirus is. Like every channel is a coronavirus channel now. You know, I mean, the local news, coronavirus, you put on CNN or Fox, <laughs> coronavirus, you got naked and afraid, coronavirus edition. I mean, I can't take it anymore. I'm looking forward to that uh, edition of Naked and Afraid. You know what, Elizabeth Warren told me, um, good way to combat uh, the coronavirus is just have yourself a cold beer. <laughs> well, I'll do that right now if it's okay. Absolutely. I just certainly don't want you to get sick in the middle of this interview. Correct. Yeah. You and back at you. You know, um, no joke. This morning, I heard. Uh, I haven't. I haven't quite dug down the rabbit hole. I plan to do that very soon. But apparently, there is coronavirus porn out there. <laughs> oh God! You just made my day. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> now here's another type of weird porn I got to get into. Yeah, right? it's like the, Like we need to wear protection. I don't like rubbers. And then they put on not talking about rubbers, and then they put on the mask. You know, maybe have like a glory oh, hole God. mask. Yeah, yeah. So I can still yeah, like was, perform, you know, the the uh, the oral uh, work and it with. <laughs> I don't need. I'm trying to. Do, I'm trying to dance around the obvious here. Yeah, give a blowjob with the goddamn mask on. How do you pull that off? Well, I mean, but even better than that, you just gave me, um, you know, a great Valentine's gift idea for next year. Oh, nice! Nice coronavirus blowjob mask. <laughs> uh-huh. Honey, this means this means I love you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do the right things to the one, you know, for the ones that you love. You gotta get them in the mood. Oh, jeez, that's all. Well, that's where the beer comes in. Yeah, I, oh yeah, it, uh, it's like you know, the, some couple naked people in uh, Ground Zero Wuhan. Streets are empty and they're just banging. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to hit you porn when we're done here and get do a little more research. Uh, um, but yeah, I, did, I heard it on the radio this morning. They they played some clip and I'm like. You know, I wonder if Don has watched any coronavirus porn, but anyway. Well, I'm only, it's for uh, research purposes only. Okay. So I just want people to know that. Yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, if anything else happens, it's just merely coincidence. But uh... Well, I always do research with a box of Kleenex and um, <laughs> some hand lotion near me. <clears throat> Uh, well, one of the new things you have going on is the um, that Jameson show. Yeah, we're doing. I do uh, my own little version of uh, that metal show over there on the compoundmedia.com. And, uh, yeah, just trying to keep the spirit alive a little. Like Tony Iommi, you, like, uh, kept the Black Sabbath name going with all those years where he had, like, you know, the, the 19 different singers. Mm. Um, and you kind of wondered, like, well, what? why is he still calling this Black Sabbath? I mean, this, but then you saw what happened. You know, Ronnie came back eventually, and Ozzy came back. So, you know, just trying to keep the spirit of what Eddie and Jim and I did alive. You know, those guys are, have shows on Sirius XM where they're doing their thing. And, you know, I found a nice uh, home for what I want to do. And it's a, it's a cool video cast, so if people want to check it out, um, you know, there's some episodes also up on YouTube. So just type in that Jameson show, and you could see what the hell I'm up to. Does you consider that a podcast, or...? I guess it would be called a video a video cast. Okay. So, um, but yeah, it's an hour show, and uh, yeah, obviously I talked to a, 
a bunch of rockers on there and I have comedians on and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's a little bit, little bit more than well-rounded than what we did on that metal show. But again, it's the same kind of spirit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously the three of us still great friends, you know, Jim and Eddie both been on the show. So, uh, until, until if, and when that metal show comes back, that's what I'll be doing. And also, uh, if if you kind of go through the archives, you can catch a dramatic reading of the Kiss classic, Fits Like a Glove. Hornet's nest, lay me down to rest. <laughs> I want to shed my skin. I got the urge to merge. Okay, you're cold as ice, baby. Won't you let me in? Yes, you've been doing your homework, I mm-hmm. see. Oh, boy, you're doing, doing a lot of research yeah, this week. It's not just uh, porn, Davis man. And show, coronavirus porn. Yeah, you're... <laughs> I like an interviewer who prepares. Uh, uh, yes, and and Joanne's gonna Joanne Ozachinsky is gonna come who has a show on the same uh, network. She's gonna come back uh, this coming week and do uh, Saxon's Denim and Leather because I figured obviously that would be fitting uh, considering I just put out Denim and Laughter. So uh, yeah, we'll look for Joanne to do some more of those sure. fun readings of classic metal lyrics. Uh, do you like the 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 term hornet's nest as a way to reference the vagina? I never heard that one. I think it's uh, in Fits Like a Glove. One. Maybe I have my Kiss songs wrong, but... Uh, oh, is it? Oh, it's Nes, baby, let me rest. That could, yeah, I think you... And I thought, um, I thought Fits Like a Glove, because I really wanted her to read the line, I'm going to put my log in your fireplace. Hmm. Burn, but bitch, that's burn. it from Burn, Bitch, Burn. Yeah, so I got that wrong. So but we'll, she'll, she'll come back and do Burn, Bitch, Burn, because those, <laughs> uh, those are great lyrics. Gene, uh, Gene uh, no um, Bob Dylan, that's for sure. But <laughs> Thank God, actually, uh, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the Gene, Gene, knows, uh, Gene knows exactly where his uh, wheelhouse is. So uh, yeah, God take... bless, man. I've been a Kiss fan since I'm 11, and... Uh, and always will be. Uh, have you caught him on the end of the road tour at all? I have not, and that's not because I don't want to go. It just you know the times they've been near me, I've been away, and uh, but uh, I will get to one before it's all over. And if I don't see you know this end of the road tour, I'll see the end of the road <laughs> tour too. Uh, yeah, I'm looking. I'm I'm wait, I'm holding out for that one. Um, but uh, uh, you know, I wasn't gonna ask this, but you reminded me of something because uh, I ended up catching. I think oh, it had to be last summer. But the the Dio hologram tour. Did you catch the Hollow Dio thing at all? I love the, the Dio hologram tour. I'm I'm big into this hologram stuff, man. Because and I'm I'm good becoming good friends with with the company, the guy that owns the company that does it. Because, you know, I figure maybe, you know, like if he has a little extra hologram laying around, like after he gets done with the Dio one, like maybe he could do a Jameson hologram and then I never have to leave my house and I could just tell jokes all over the world via the Don Jameson hologram. That'd be so great. You know, uh, do you think more like maybe Vince Neil should be using a hologram or, uh, you know, you can kind of slim him down a little bit or anything like that? There'd be a lot of kind of these aging rockers could kind of preserve some of their youthful integrity, you know, if they took advantage, don't you think? Well, that's the thing, too, is like, you know, all we talk about these farewell tours, which are never farewell tours, right? We all know this at this point. Yeah. Nobody's fooling us. Um, so, um, and, and now it's like, it's not only don't you retire, even if you die, you don't retire. You know, they'll just, put, they'll just make a hologram of you and then put you right back out on tour. So I think it's a cool thing. I think the technology's great, and not just the video portion of it. It's the audio that was really amazing to me, especially with Ronnie, because... You know, out of whatever it was, 16 songs, 
uh, you know, they were taken from different years and different countries and on different recording equipment, and they all it all sounded seamless. So, you know, that's a big part of it as well. And then, of course, you got the live singers on stage and the live band and, and all that. And I think it's a cool thing. So for people who, you know, I know there's naysayers out there, but if you can, you know, go check it out, man. I've seen that one. I've seen uh, Frank Zappa, and I, I like both of them, man. I thought mm-hmm. they were cool. Uh, full disclosure, I am one of the naysayers. We've talked about it on the show quite a bit. But I did go check it out. I don't think the technology is quite there yet. I didn't think the hologram, it didn't pop or impress me as much as I was expecting the visual aspect of it. Uh, I'll I'll admit the band was really good. Cool. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, and it might not be for everybody. I get that, you know. um, But I'm just, like I said, I'm I'm digging it. Um, And believe me, I'm an old school guy. You know, I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did. And... uh, and the weird one, the weird thing was going to see the Frank Zappa one, and I was sitting next to his son, Amit, during the show, which is like, I'm like, I'm watching him watch his dead dad <laughs> on stage. Oh. So um, that was, that had an extra kind of layer to that show. Oh, that would fuck with me, man. <laughs> oh, it did, man. It did. So now, the, the, we, there's another host of this show that when we're doing, when we're not doing interviews, it's the two of us. Um, He's all all for it like you are. He's he's full on board. He he supports it. He thinks it should be done more. Uh, so it's it's whatever. It is like like you said. It, maybe it's just not for everybody. But you know, I, I did take the time to go out and check it out. I'm not trying to convince people against it. Other than when I say I'm against it, and so should you be. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair. Listen, Baco. You, again, you've done your research. You 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 are a very thorough uh, music lover and uh, again i appreciate that well maybe you'll appreciate this unless uh, uh imdb is wrong but were you actually in paulie shore is dead i yes i am in it don't don't blink um i do have a line it's um myself and kurt loader from mtv okay together um that was you know we you know we did a scene together not exactly uh de niro and pacino but I, you know i did do a small part i've known paulie for 30 years um so um, yeah, I've done a couple things with Paulie, and uh, I like Paulie. He gets a he gets a bad rap, but he's actually a really good dude, man. I'm actually with you. I I, I think he's funny. I, I've always liked him, um, and I might be one of the only people to say this, but I love that movie. I bought it. I think it's a, it's a hysterical movie, and you know, I'm also I was also an associate producer on it. Um, you know, I did the post production with the editor on it. And you got to see the, all the scenes that got cut out are like there's like thirty other celebrity cameos <laughs> that got cut out of that movie. So I mean, what you're seeing in there was only the tip of the iceberg. But yeah, it was a funny concept because you know, Paul, look, Paulie got to a point where he realized, you know, look, I, I'm not. It's not the MTV year anymore. I'm not the really. The, you know, people don't know me as the Weasel anymore. And it, it was a great idea to sort of make fun of himself and say, well, I'll, I'll fake my own death so people like me again. And it was a really great premise for the movie. And, he, I mean, he got Sean Penn to be in it. He got a million people to be in it. So, yeah. um, you know, he, he did a good job. I'm glad you liked that one, man. It's, it's a cool movie. I'm going to have to dig it out of my collection just to kind of uh, spot you. I, do you have a rough idea whereabouts in the movie, early, middle, end? It's You know what? It's, it's right after... Um, like the news gets out that Paulie Shore was dead, and so it's towards the beginning, like the first third and of that's the movie. What Kurt Loder's reporting on it. Is that what's going on? Yeah, Kurt Loder, Loder's reporting on it, and then we, I sort of, you know, it's like they're like I yell cut, and then I kind of come in, and Kurt, Kurt and I have a word back and forth. He he said something 
you know, about Paulie, like, who cares or whatever. And I go, come on, the dude's a legend, you know, something like that. Okay. So, it's, uh, it's very quick, but, uh, you know, but yeah, like Paulie, <laughs> Paulie's good people, man. Have you done much writing that ended up uh, with, with our television or movies or anything like that? Well, yeah, I wrote for a lot, a, a ton of the um, the Comedy Central roasts, and um, I did, did wrote on the Gene Simmons roast, you know, when he was doing the Family Jewels, and um, yeah, I've done, <laughs> done a bunch of stuff, man, done a bunch of stuff behind the scenes. The Trump roast, which they still, uh, they still air that Trump roast um, once in a while, Comedy Central, because I always get, I was in the audience for that one, I always get calls like... Because now that he's, pre- you know, obviously he wasn't president then. Right. It was like, you know, seven or eight years ago. And so people are like, oh, my God, there were, I didn't know there was a Donald Trump roast and you were there. I go, yeah, you know, I, you know, I wrote some of the, the mean, nasty stuff about him. But do you remember any of it? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Um, That's great. Too many coronavirus curing fears since then. <laughs> you got you're, you're kind of focused only on the coronavirus humor at this point, but uh, I'm locked in, baby. All right. Um, I did want to ask you about D. Snyder. He's got a petition to get. Uh, oh, he basically wants ACDC. I think in the in the to, to play the Super Bowl halftime show. He's kind of you know gone um, pretty vocal on this for for some time. And you know, at least going back to when they announced J Lo and Shakira, but I, I, this kind of comes up every year, and when they announce it, that somebody in the hard rock community, you know, tends to get on their soapbox and kind of wants to wants an answer as to why this isn't happening. I, what is your take? Do, do you think this is a good idea to bring in kind of like a, a one of the iconic rock or metal bands? Because to, to me, it, it could be kind of a, a bad move because of what what the event actually is. I mean, look, I, um, and on my album, you know, I have a track where I kind of address this. So that 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 to me is my final statement. You know, I'm tra- still traumatized oh, okay. by Adam Levine's Adam Levine's nipples. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I, that that was kind of my little manifesto on the new the new uh, comedy CD. But um, as well, far as without spoiling doing, it, can you can I, can you touch on the topic at all? Well, I don't want to touch on the topic because the topic is Adam Levine's nipples, and I don't care to touch them. Mm. Um, Although many, many, many women uh, do care too, and probably a lot of men as well, but I wouldn't be included as one of them. But um, now people could hear it on the album. But as far as what Dee's doing, I, I mean, come on, Dee, like Dee is such a passionate dude. Sure. And, you know, like you know how earnest he is about doing this, and of course he picked, the, you know, he picked the perfect band to do it. I mean, you know, like babies come out of the out of their mother's wombs, and, and they, they already know who ACDC is. You know, 97-year-old great-great-great-grandparents know who ACDC is. So that's, you know, that's a no-brainer right there. Everybody knows Back in Black. Everybody knows Thunderstruck. So um, if there's a band that you're going to do it with, that's probably the band to do it with. And, um, uh, you know, I, look, I think he's going to need... I think he's got like thirty thousand signatures. I think he's going to need thirty million to make the NFL um, even respond to that. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Of course, you wouldn't want to see for those about to rock and the cannons going off and all that shit, man. That'd be killer. And for me, I, I just I think you know, like if you look back at kind of the heyday of metal, it, it seemed like we 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 accepted the idea that we weren't for everybody because they just didn't fucking get it. Uh, and now it seems like we're, we want to be pulled into this world that of lip syncing and kind of glamour and, and, and boom and bop. Honestly, I my my personal opinion is don't do it at all. Like none of nobody, 
show fucking the first half highlights like you do in a normal game. Go to the second half. I I really don't need it at all. Uh, but that you know because. I think about like when the Rolling Stones did it or the Who or even Prince, more rock centric artists that actually did a, a pretty solid, you know, live performance. They got kind of shredded a little bit. I mean, the, the, I mean, at least the reaction was mixed. And basically what it comes down to is that you're not really going to please anybody. And if you're going to force people to lip sync, I'd kind of prefer some of my my heroes not be involved in that, I guess. But just- OK, well, I, I, I totally I'm totally down with what you're saying. Um, and look, at this point. You know, the Super Bowl halftime show has basically just become, you know, like a 25-minute block of time where you could drop a deuce and then get back to the game. <laughs> That's really what it's become. I haven't watched it in a couple of years. So, so, hey, to your point, if ACDC was on it next year, I would be paying attention. Or Metallica would be another one that, that gets thrown out there that's big enough. But even the Foo Fighters, fuck it, throw them out there. I Look, but... Uh, for like for the most part, if if they're just going to lip sync anyway, I just I don't really care. I, I it wasn't that great when the Chili Peppers showed up and their instruments weren't plugged in. It just I don't know. Well, then they and then they always got to shoehorn in like a pop star or something, you know, to yeah to balance it out. Which is like, no, let's you know what you want Aerosmith to play the Super Bowl halftime show. Let them go up there and play live or Metallica. You know, when Metallica did the, the Grammys last year, they had the crowbar in Lady Gaga. Yeah. Now I understand she's a she is a legit fan of hard rock and metal. To, to what degree, I'm not sure. But it's like, can we have freaking? Four minutes to ourselves for you know for once you got a you got a crowbar in post Malone on everything come on uh, my lord yeah are you referencing the new Ozzy uh, I mean uh, they they collaborated and plus he's on Ozzy's new record yeah well I mean he's just he's kind of the he's the go to guy these days you know he's the he's the guy now that everybody wants to you know have his fancy face tattoos you know uh, <laughs> what a look huh. Steal. Yeah, now he's saying, you know, he's saying on uh, on social media, he goes, yeah, I guess it's, you know, I think it's because of my, you know, my um, negative body image and stuff. Like, oh, I don't want to hear that. I, w- I want rock stars. I want Steven Tyler d- shooting up eight balls. That's what I want. I don't want to hear about, oh, I have negative body images. Wow. You don't want that college roommate that got his face drawn on while he was passed out? Oh, that happens all the time. Well, right, that's what, sure. that's what he looks like, though. He's like that, uh, that kind of doofus, <laughs> doofus guy that like always passed out at the wrong time. Yeah, like he passed out on the Faster Pussycat tour bus, and um, <laughs> he walked off into the hotel, hotel and, and the people behind the counter were like, oh, my God, look at that guy's face. But <laughs> he never washed it off. He went right to the tattoo parlor and said, make this shit permanent. Exactly. Oh man. Hey, I got a semi-serious question for you. Um, semi-serious because let's face it, we're not talking about anything that matters. Um, we call ourselves a comedy rock podcast, but neither one of us have ever done stand-up or done any like professional writing on that. So my question for you is: At what point? What? what what's the criteria where someone can actually call themselves a comedian? Um, I think getting paid for it. Okay, I, I would say. Yeah, oh, that's, we're, we're that's, that's where you could say, you know, I'm a comedian. If you're not, you, then you say, yeah, you know, I do, you know, I do comedy on the side. You know, I'm trying to break in, or I do it as a hobby, or whatever. But yeah, I mean, to say, look, I'm a comedian. Yeah, I think you got to, you got to at least have been paid for it at least once. So it, it's not, yeah, like uh, you needed to have done some stand up because uh, you could be a, uh, a comic writer and still be a comedian as long as you're being paid in, in your book. No. 
No, you're a comedy writer. Okay. See? So stand up has to be part of the process. Well, if you want to say you're a comedian or a comic, yeah, you you have had to get paid because I look, I know guys who are still out there doing. They've been doing open mics for twenty years. Yeah. I wouldn't say they're comics. I'd say they're people who like to write and go up and perform stuff. But they, you know, obviously they're not taking it seriously enough to right. to you know make a career choice on it. But yeah, if you, if you can look, if you can go out and get paid to do it. Um, and I believe me, I've seen some people, uh, way worse than me go out and, uh, get paid to do it. So, um, like who, who are you talking about? Oh, well, nobody <laughs> would know, but that, but honestly, the, the, the guy, people oh, I thought you were going to say who, Dane Cook, but no, no, no. The, the, well, yeah, Dane Cook is, yeah, I wish I had his bank account. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, but 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 yeah. I mean, my my real inspiration in comedy because a lot of people say, well, you know, what comics influenced you? And, and you know, and sure, it, you know, Carlin, Dice, Richard Pryor, you know, all the standard answers. But but the guy who really inspired me was um, when I used to go. I used to go to gigs with Florentine um, just to hang out and just you know pal around. And the first time I ever went to a gig with him, the MC went up. And he got, he had a complete zero for 15 minutes. It was silent in the room. He walked off stage, went right up to the owner. I saw the guy counting out cash into his hand. Guy went right next door to the strip club. And I'm like, I could suck that bad and get paid. <laughs> and that's really what inspired me to do comedy. Uh, it's kind of like how Kiss inspired me to pursue music. Um, I don't know. It's a, that's a bit of a stretch. But yeah, all right. yeah. No, actually, yeah, I'm, by the way, I'm a huge Kiss fan. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, and we all make fun. You know, I mean, I do it on my albums. We make fun of the, the people and, you know, definitely the bands that, that we love the most. I mean, you know, if you watch that metal show, you know, Jim and I were constantly on the attack with Eddie. But that's because we love him. You know, that's how we show affection in New Jersey. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, hey, if you're not, we we make we like to say we make fun of the people we love, but uh, uh, you know, whatever. It, it's it's typically a term of endearment. Sometimes it's not. Yeah, yeah. No, look, you know, Jim and Eddie and I will, and we still get together, and you know, when we see each other, I'll go, Eddie, that jacket's awful, and then he'll tell Jim, you know, what you know, what he did, what are you dying a hair now, and then they'll both say my sideburns are terrible, and now let's go get a beer. You know, now that we got the insulting out of the way, well, let's go have a beer and hang out. You know, with, with that metal show, I mean, it's probably a done deal at this point. I mean, I, I don't know any of the behind-the-scenes stuff unless you want to tell me something, but it's it's also hard to find streaming. Like, I think VH or MTV Classic or whatever has it, but yet you have to, uh, I don't know, pay per episode or something. Last time I looked into it anyway. It'd be nice if some of that those back episodes are just kind of out there for people to just check out, like throw it up on YouTube or something. I, I realize you probably yeah. have no control over that. I'm just sharing an idea. I just I agree. They for whatever reason they sell the last season we ever did, season fourteen on um on iTunes okay. and I think on YouTube you could buy the shows. But uh yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh it's an anomaly. you know, I I say I always say, Look, we've gotta give us credit. You know, we know how to get a show canceled, man. We we take down the whole network and everybody with us. So Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. I forgot it. No all happened right away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, it. it I, I assume you get asked about it a lot. That's got to kind of feel good, right? That you you had that big of an impact. I mean, it, it was must see TV in my house. 
Yeah, thanks, man. Um, of course. I mean, we, we know because we're people who love hard rock and metal, and those are the most loyal fans in the world. Just like I, you know, no, I have never forgotten about Headbangers Ball. You know, oh, and Ricky even tells me to this day, he's like, DJ, I can't believe of all the things I've done in my career, and you know, and even after I cut my hair, he goes to this day, I this thing I still get. You know, I asked about the most is Headbangers Ball, and I go, "Yeah, that's the fans of this music. We know that because we are those people." So once people, you know, that's why we always said when we did that metal show, we got to it's got to be like just honest talk, just like you know, the three of us are just hanging out backstage, sitting on some road cases, and you know, because you know, metal fans are they're good, man. They could sniff out phoniness, man. So we were just like, we just got to do it this way, and yeah, grateful people are still asking about it, man. Uh, and you guys kept it pretty. Um, I don't know what the right way to say is. You didn't really change too much that you that was working. You know what I mean. You kind of kept a pretty good uh, integrity to the way you approached it every week. Oh yeah, thanks. Uh, the, you know, the core of it was the chemistry with the three of us. Of you course. know, that, and, and that took a little while to 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 gel, even though we were all friends previously. But um, yeah, you know, you'd have these you'd have these creative meetings with the network, and they'd go, you know, come up with. 50 new ideas for next season and then you know and then we'd all get together with our <laughs> papers and go through and then like you know maybe one of them would be you know good and we you know work that in and so yeah i mean we tr we tried to keep tried to keep the segments people really loved and then we tried to kind of you know put some stuff in there and we tried a few things over the years it just didn't work so we just did them once but um yeah yeah man i'm proud of the work that we did man and if, if we never do it again we had a good run and you know it's uh 2020 is the year of the rock reunion so uh you know it'd be, be cool to be a part of that no shit and by the way everybody's on tour did you notice that yeah, this is gonna it's gonna be a huge summer. So uh, <laughs> every band is announced. Like, I mean, I don't know, whatever. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's it, people are really gonna have to, you know, make a choice, and it's uh, you know, especially hard rock and, and metal heavy this summer. So, Definitely. but you know, you, nobody going to see Corn and Faith No More are gonna go see Molly Crew and Poison. I mean, those are, you know, I would, but you know, I, I know what you're most saying. Most of those audience will be different. Yeah, what do you think about that Motley Lap uh, Stadium tour? It uh, they 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 kind of talked about these very fast sellouts, but the reality was those those tickets sold to Ticket King and StubHub, and they're all you know they were available there. Um, yeah, I don't you know that's that's the business model now. Yeah, I don't yeah. you know I don't sort of get involved with that stuff, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know you know the Metallica I think got in a little trouble with that, like with a sort of bought a whole bunch and then yeah. they were putting on a secondary market and all this stuff. I don't know. If I see a show, I just go to it. I don't know who's getting the money, whatever. How much is it? All right. Uh, yeah, I'll pay this much to go see this band or whatever, or I won't. Well, maybe a better question for you because yeah, that is kind of the business side of stuff. Uh, with Motley Crue, I, they were the one band that I thought like I was actually a little surprised when they came back for a lot of, a myriad of reasons, but nobody tried harder to say this really is it. And it was only four years later that they come back. That's a bit right. Rough. So so okay. So Twisted Sister, um, they'll be back. What twenty twenty two then? 
and Slayer 2025 20, <laughs> end of 2024, <laughs> beginning of 25. So, not, so uh, as album cycles get further and further apart, the reunion cycles get sh- like the, the the downtime gets <laughs> shrinks. Is that what, where it's, what's happening now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, you know, I mean, look, the, the Judas Priest tried to do it. The Scorpions have tried to do it. Everyone's tried to do it, and nobody's done it. So those right. listed is still is on the clock, and Slayer's on the clock. And just like I told Nick Mars on that metal show, you guys are on the clock <laughs> right now. You will be back. That and, was and great, I'm not by saying the way. That, well, say, I mean, and I wasn't saying it to be a dick, and I no, wasn't saying yeah. it because I thought that he was lying. I, I, I honestly felt that they felt that they were done. You know, a lot of those guys don't even get along in that band. You know, it's like, all right, let's just call it a day. We just did this massive tour with Alice Cooper. It's over. But but then you're home for a year or two, and you start going, eh, you know, uh, it's fun playing in front of 30,000 people, and you get the itch again. It's, you know, if you could still do it, why not? You know, athletes get, just get too old to do it. You know, no athlete wants to quit, but it's like, you know, you can't. You can't play linebacker at 63 years old. It's just it's just not physically possible. But you know, if you can get if you can get Twisted Sister back on stage, I mean, D. Snyder's got six pack abs. I haven't had six pack abs since I'm 11. I mean, the guy's still in shape. He can still sing. You know, why is he doing petitions? Get that band back out on the road, D. Come on. Yeah, I will give the Scorpions and Judas Priest, a couple bands you mentioned there, a little bit of credit because in the midst of their farewell tour, they said, you know what. No, we're just gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah. They they're like we're yeah, they, they realized it early. Yeah, they they didn't like you know like they didn't sign a contract and I don't know. Look, it, it, it like it doesn't really matter when it comes down to it. I get that, and, and yeah, but I got a feeling you're probably not gonna give me a. a you're probably not gonna want to get into this, but to me, I, I think there are signs that some of these guys can't do it anymore. Like you talked about a linebacker at sixty three. I'm going to be very curious to see what kind of shape Vince comes out in because he hasn't really been at the top of his game for a couple decades. And to be blunt, I just, uh, and Mick Mars, you know, I mean, God bless him because he's, he's an icon in my eyes, but uh, he just, you know, he's not really getting younger. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I, the thing with Mick, the, the impression that I got, and, you know, uh, I only met him and hung with him the one time when he came to do the show, and he's a, a real sweetheart of a guy. I okay. Hate to, ruin the kind of mystique of you know because because he's really never interviewed so it kind of has this this image of being like kind of this this dark wizard type of guy <laughs> but um he really is a, a really down-to-earth sweet guy um but but i get the sense with nick which is that you know if if he if he can get onto the stage you know he'll that's all he cares about. Like, yeah. that's a guy who just wants to play, you know. Like, get me get me up there on the stage in front of my mic, plug my guitar in, and that's, you know, I could see Mick, like, one of those guys, like, you know, where would where would be the ultimate place to die would be on stage because at least he'd go out, you know, knowing that he was playing. So um, a guy like Vince, I don't know. You know, Vince... You know, Vince is committed, man. You know, when he when, even when they were doing Molly, he'd be off tour for two days. He'd be out with his solo band playing again. So I don't know. You know, the, I don't know if the weight's the problem. I'm not sure. You know, there's a plenty of fat guys who can sing. I mean, Pavarotti, <laughs> you know, had no problem, right? So yeah. um, it could be other stuff that that's not. You know, maybe he's just not taking care of himself in other ways. 
shall we? Certainly, say. yeah. It, it, it seems like his voice has kind of been gone, and and I'm not just talking about the uh, the taking a lot of breaths between words and that kind of thing. Um, it just doesn't sound quite the same as it you know it should you know. And I would say Paul Stanley is in that camp right now. As much shit as he's talked about Ace and Peter not being able to do the gig, I think it shows some balls that he's out there. And I'm not again. I'm not trying to drag you into this, Don. I'm just saying. That I think some of these guys have kind of pushed it a little bit past the if you can still do it line. Right, and so if this if this is the end of the road, which they've already, they're already walking it back by saying, well, no, there'll be more shows. <laughs> yeah, it's, God, you know, no everything's shit. on a technicality. But yeah, to me, um, you know, I think Paul's lost a little off his fastball, and that's that's all right. That's. I, you know, when you're in your 60s, I mean, that, yeah. that that happens sometimes. And then you have guys like Ronnie, Theo, who was, what, 67, 68 when he passed away, and his voice was still kicking. So sometimes it's the luck of the draw or or, or genetics or I'm not sure. You know, some guys yeah. take great care of their voice and they still lose it. And other guys smoke and, you know, drink and don't take care of themselves. And they just have this, this gift. I mean... That Glenn Hughes can still sing like he oh, can sing. Amazing. From all those years in the 70s and 80s of just doing insane, insane, insane amounts of cocaine. That that guy can sing like Aretha Franklin today, like in his mid to late 60s, is, is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, boy, the pipes on that fucking dude, man. Uh, and I wasn't taking a shot at Paul. Other, I mean, because you know, I'm I'm want to do that if I feel like it. But because he is, he's just delivered for so long. He's he's one of the greatest voices in rock. He is up there. It's just a reality. Is all I'm getting at. I just absolutely. I, and I'm not disagreeing with you. Like I said, I think Paul's lost a little off the fastball. Yep, yep. You know, when I when I saw the um, the Zeppelin that that O2 concert that the, the film they put out in 2007. That was like Robert Plant, you know, same thing. He lost yep. a little off his fastball, but when he needed it, when he needed to throw a 95-mile-an-hour heater, he could do it. Yeah. But you could tell he was throwing more change-ups, some off-speed stuff a lot of the times. But when he really needed it, when he really needed that 95-mile-an-hour fastball, he had it. He couldn't throw it 20 times a game, but he could throw it five times a game. And when he picked the spots... He nailed it. So, you know, um, I, I, that's, I mean, I, look, I just talk for a living. You know, I've never had a, a vocal problem, luckily. But um, <laughs> like I said, sometimes it just seems really friggin' random. No, I'm with you there, yeah, because, uh, well, even, uh, it was nice uh, shit, you know, Ozzy seemed to lose it in the late 90s, and, and same with uh, Brian Johnson, and then all of a sudden, like, in the mid to late 2000s, they had a couple studio releases, it was like they were reborn almost, so it was almost like there, there is a way to kind of rest and recover, I was really, you know, I, I was hopeful that was going to happen with Paul, but, you know, I mean, at, so far we haven't seen that, but who knows. Yeah, and I saw Vince with his solo band... Uh, not this past summer, but the summer before at a festival out in Kansas City that I go to every year, and he he played a set. He sounded great. So, what do you think know, of that so drummer he has from the the Slaughter drummer uh, Zoltan? <laughs> Zoltan, yeah, <laughs> he's amazing. I love him, man. He's yeah. such a he, he's so opposite of that off stage. I mean, really? that, the guy on stage is completely insane. 
yeah, with you know, with all that stuff jumping off the, the tops of the speakers and crashing his cymbals and playing with his feet and behind his back, and then the guy off stage is so quiet. He doesn't drink. He doesn't never never done drugs. He's a family guy. You know, his wife goes everywhere with him. You know, I think he's religious. Like it's just wow. it's such an opposite guy off stage. Yeah, he's a really cool dude. Yeah, if, if people don't know what we're talking about, just uh, check out Zoltan. Uh, I don't know uh, Slaughter Drummer. Janey. Zoltan Cheney, there you go. Just Google that. Uh, watch a couple of videos, and the guy doesn't miss a beat. You know that's the most amazing thing is that during all this, it's like you know they're not like lagging in, on time on the song or anything like that. Right? No, I know he. I I was I'm always mystified when I when I see him play because you're right. He keeps he keeps the beat, and yeah, it's the, the Slaughter Band is is Vince's solo band as well. So they do a lot of double bills together yeah. and. Uh, so you get a double dose of uh, Zoltan there, but yeah, he's uh, yeah he's you know he's part of the reason you watch the show. I mean, he's he's a focal point. <laughs> you know, when it comes to Vince, he's he's pretty much the main point for me, but largely because Vince doesn't really do much with his set list. He's he's kind of I, I've seen him I don't know about a half a dozen times as a solo artist, and it's been pretty much the same kind of song. So I, I always look forward to watching Zoltan. Yeah, yeah, no, again, and and a killer guy, man. So, um, cool. you know, have a, he he. I think Vin, it took like Vince like a year to learn his name. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, like Vince is up front doing his thing, and I remember somebody interviewed him and said, "Who's that guy that plays drums for?" He goes, "Oh yeah, um, Dana found him." Uh, <laughs> he didn't even, didn't even know his name. It was like, all right, you know, but he knows him now. I always had this like a uh, bit about Brett Favre, like not knowing the names of his like teammates. Like he would just call him Big Guy and Shooter and stuff like that. You know, uh, <laughs> that that maybe Vince is like that. Hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> right? Yeah. No. Or yeah, that's Dana's friend. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Dana's friend. hey, you're the guy with the, you Dana hangs out with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, the Monsters of Rock Cruise just wrapped up. Were you on it this year? You've done it a few times, right? Yeah, I've done. Um, I think it's my sixth. So yeah, it was really cool as usual. It's it's to do. It's the best party of the year. It's just it's completely insane. And um, you know, it's the one place in the world where I'm like, you know, I'm like Channing Tatum on that cruise. You know, <laughs> <laughs> everybody on there knows me. I'm like the hot chick on the boat. Oh, um, good. You know. Everybody wants to buy you drinks, but, you know, then nice. I get home and I go to Olive Garden and I get no extra breadsticks or anything, you yeah. know. You got you to gotta ask. Can I get more salad? Yeah, hey, can I, I used to do that metal. Uh, never mind. I'll pay for the breadsticks. Fine. Yeah, I think we talked about it last time you were on. You, you mingle. You, you, you're, you're a man of the people on the cruise, right? I love it. Yeah. Yeah, man, because this is what happened. Like, look, look at, we, we've been on the phone for how, at least a half hour already, and, we're just having a conversation, I, and so I get into it with people. Like you know, we start talking about stuff, and then the next thing you know, like an hour went by, and you're like, "Oh shit! All right, I got to go watch <laughs> a band." You know, that's going on all day too. You know, and I don't want to miss bands either. I only ask because I'm, 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 I have a bit of a relationship with them, uh, friends, I should say. Uh, Ron Keel, did you catch up with him at all? Oh yeah, yeah. We I came in. You know, Ron and I were on the the, the bus to the port together, and then on the way to the airport afterwards. And, yeah, of course, I saw him on the cruise. He was with his girl. And, um, yeah, I introduced Keel one night. and They played up on the pool stage, um, I think, the first first night or second night. And, uh, yeah, I've known Ron for a few years, and he's a, he's a great dude. And, 
it's cool to see him doing his thing. And, you know, he's kind of veered off and done some different stuff over the years. And But I'm always glad that he re- returned back to Keel, man. And yeah. that guy can still sing like a mofo, man. I was just going to say that. Talk. We were talking about people who can still do it, man. He, he boy, I've, I've seen a bunch of his shows recently, and, man, he can deliver. No doubt. Well, uh, let's get to your, uh, your latest release here, Denim and Leather. Now, are you running out of records that uh, – our uh, denim and laughter that have the word leather in it that you can slop in laughter. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, that wasn't on purpose. That was me drinking wine with Biff Byford, the, the singer <laughs> from Saxon, and just sort of in a silly, buzzed mood. I was like, "Yeah, I'll, maybe I'll call my next album Denim and Laughter," and <laughs> and then he liked the idea so much it just stuck, and uh, nice. they were cool enough to let me use. Literally, they're the exact same artwork and everything, and I just changed uh, the lettering around and uh, replaced his head on the back on the motorcycle with my head. I haven't seen the back of the album cover yet, so that's what uh, that's what the album. Well, you just described it, so I'll have to check that out. Well, on the back, they're on the denim and leather. They're all on right. On no, I'm familiar with their cover. I'm like, but I right. haven't seen yours. Because you did the same type of thing on um, uh, Hellbent for Laughter, where you kind of just recreated that album cover with, with your face. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm I'm just stealing people's logos and artwork and and making it my own. So nice. I haven't been su- I haven't been sued yet. Well, you know, you're a comedian. It's parody. Well, yeah, but um, yeah, I wouldn't mind if somebody sued me. I could use the publicity. <laughs> Uh, you know, I just interviewed Donnie V, and there was a little bit of back and forth about like whether or not they were going to set it up, and there were things they didn't want me to ask, and like, uh, and I'm talking to his publicist or manager or something like that, and I, I probably will cut this out of the interview, but uh, uh, probably not something he wants me to share. I'll just tell tell you, but it was kind of funny. He was like, "You don't want to be deposed, do you?" And I'm like, I thought about, it, I'm like, well, I'm not really sure what that means, but yeah, probably good for a show if I got dragged into some kind of legal shit. <laughs> Exactly. Think how good that's going to be for Cobras and Fire if you're like uh, embroiled in the middle of this whole thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking of suing um, uh, that Roundup thing for giving me Hodgkin's lymphoma, you know, just so I could get a little exposure out there, man. Oh. <laughs> right, you know, everybody's suing that Roundup thing, that, that, that weed killer yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> You just want to get in on that? I might join in on that. Yeah. Yeah, I might, but I... I don't think that's good karma because uh, luckily uh, I'm uh, never had cancer. But certainly we we know a lot of people. All of us know people who have been affected right, by it. No. But anyway, bad joke. I I, th- I think people knew where you were going with there. Yeah, yeah. You know, there is kind of that talk about like how comedians you know have to. We're so politically correct now. I I hope I'm right, but my gut feeling is that we are really not that politically correct it's just that there is a vocal minority that seems to want to have something to fucking say about everything and then every goddamn yahoo news or msn wants to run with these headlines it's like local man says uh upset over something don jameson said you know what i mean right i mean you said it perfectly i agree 100 percent, and that's why you know i put my albums out i do what i want on there you know one of the tracks you know, a bunch of the a bunch of the album. In fact, the theme of the album is this PC society that we we live in and and how we need to avoid it. So, um, yeah, it, it's a very vocal minority, like you said. And then what happens is 
you know, then people kind of go, oh, well, I guess I could kind of see their point, and then they start, and it's like, no, don't think about it. You know, it's like, if you already laughed at it, you can't come back later and go, no, no, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like that. You know, there's got to be, there's got to be a statute of limitations on fake outrage. Like, if you don't complain in the first 24 hours, then you have no case. Your, your case is I think you're of, giving them too much time. I'm like, I think you got 10 seconds. If it, uh, all right. If by Do the this. end of Just you laughing you out loud, you haven't gone, oh fuck, that is horrible. Then move right. on. Especially if That's it's a, the, a comedian. The best, about, the best thing about being a comedian is making people laugh at things they wouldn't normally laugh at and then catching themselves and then laughing again. That's that's the best thing ever and you could see it. You know, I played last I performed last night um, at this casino near me and and this, this, these two women in the front row were a little older, a little more conservative, and I caught them a bunch of times laughing at stuff that I could tell they wouldn't normally laugh at, and that made my whole night. I didn't even care if anybody else was laughing. And, but, and so when, when people are sitting there with their arms folded and they're, like, you know, waiting to be triggered, um, you know, stay home. Just stay home. Absolutely. And by the way, yeah, yeah. it's okay to be offended and find it funny too. I mean, it that can happen. Oh, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, again, you know, great point. And and um, you know, I'm I'm lucky. I kind of have an audience that knows what I do. Uh, that doesn't mean I w- don't want new people all the time to to join into the, join in with the fun. But you know, I, I couldn't change and do something completely different because for the people who already like me, they they kind of know what they're going to get with me, you know. And and also, I think my writing has gotten stronger because you know, I I know where we are. I know how the times are with with people's sensitivities, and so I can make the same kind of jokes, make the same point. But it, and then also give it another layer where I'm also giving the middle finger to the politically correct douchebags that are out there. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and there is a balance. I mean, there are things that you probably aren't like you. You know, they're probably not a whole lot of cancer jokes that are going to be funny, like you were just talking. But the, the the point being, you shouldn't hold back. I just, I don't know. I've I've always enjoyed what you do. My favorite comedians are always ones that kind of put you on edge a little bit, and that that kind of like maybe make your gut tingle a little bit when they hit you with a joke. You know, like you're kind of going oof. You know, I mean that that's the kind of the stuff that I that I really enjoy. Or I I also kind of like the Andy Kaufman thing, where it kind of makes you just uncomfortably like awkward. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, t- I think tensions, you know, a crucial part of doing comedy so uh yeah i i definitely agree with all that uh, well uh, let me just ask you real quick on the on the as far as doing the stand-up because you've done it for so long uh, do you approach it the same way you did like i don't know 10 20 years ago before you were doing the metal show that kind of stuff um or is it because you've kind of gotten more n- known for you know being that guy don jameson who loves metal are, are you a little more um keyed in on the music side of stuff do you, do you approach it much different as all uh, no, I don't approach it any differently. You know, I, you know, when I perform, I perform on ten at all times. You know, whether there's five people in the crowd, ten, a thousand, you know, two thousand doesn't matter. I give the same show. So as a performer, no. But yeah, as a writer, obviously, again, you know, I do adjust with the times. You know, I, I coronavirus. You know, I I mean, the, the whole next album is going to be all about the coronavirus. You know, I I know what my audience wants. And, uh, 
what they need. So, uh, you know, but no, as far as, as far as, yeah, I did definitely talk more about rock music in my act than I used to because it was just sort of one of these things. And I was talking to Brian Posehn about this. It's like, you know, we, we're always sort of afraid to kind of bring that up in, in front of, in a comedy club because it's like, oh, well, who's going to know about this band or that band? And then you just sort of realize that everybody knows who Ozzy is, and everybody knows who Black Sabbath are, and everybody knows who Twisted Sister are. And then you start, you know, and then for the bands that I do bits about that people wouldn't know, like Guar, I, I describe them. You know, I say they wear monster costumes on stage, and they they decapitate each other with chainsaws, and and so I, you know, I paint the picture of it. But um, you know, if you're a comic, you you need to talk about your life, and if music and especially hard rock and metal are such a big part of my life how do i not talk about it on stage so you know to me denim and laughter is that perfect combination of you know for the people who see me in nightclubs they're getting my nightclub back and for the people who see me out on the road opening for bands they're going to see that's all in there too so it's kind of like i said the perfect combo for me and being a metal fan it's got to be really cool to be a metal blade of records right are you the only comic on their label well, there's there's three of us. It's me, Florentine, and Brewer. So um, yeah, obviously that you know I was the first comic signed at Metal Blade. Um, it's a huge part of why I even put any comedy CDs out. To, to be honest with you, you know, I was just always wanted. I, I was like, I want to put out an album, but I want it to be somehow. I want it to be special, and then. You know, I was going out opening, starting to open for bands, and I opened for this band, Charred Walls of the Damned, um, that's on Metal Blade, and uh, Brian had come out, Brian Slagle, the, the the owner, and he's like, man, he goes, I haven't seen a comedian open for a band in forever, man, that was great. He goes, if, I don't know how much material you have, but if you have enough for an album, let's do one. And I was right like, on. that's what I was missing. The hot rumor on the street is that you are on the, the, the wish list to come to Rockin' Pot in Nashville this summer. Is that correct? Yeah. In fact, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you reminded me because I have to get back with them. I think I can actually now fully confirm with them, so I'm really excited to, I gotta, to do that. I got my uh, first scoop. Can I go with it? I'm just going to... Like you're 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 uh, you're confirmed for Nashville Rock and Pod. I have absolutely no authority, but uh, I am close to the the uh, the people who run it. Well, here, here's what you can say. Here's here's what I'll give you. You can confirm that I said I was probably going to confirm with them. <laughs> <laughs> There's my blabbermouth headline. <laughs> yeah, that's your big break there. Thanks a lot, Don. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you can't believe how big that's going to help the show. <laughs> uh, well, hey, you know, actually, I hope you actually do end up out out there because uh, we'll see you there if you do. But uh, and uh, let's get back to denim and laughter. It's already out, right? You're saying there, there's going to be a vinyl pressing coming soon? Yeah, exactly. So a couple months for that. You know, the vinyl takes a little longer to get out there in the world, and then the physical CDs. You know, you can come and get at my gigs. Um, but other than that, you know, Apple Music has been a great supporter of the album, and I thank them, and, of course, iTunes with the downloads and all that. So, uh, you know, download it, stream it, whatever, um, come grab it at a show, and, uh, you know, we'll end up probably sitting around talking like you and I for an hour after the gig, <laughs> is usually what happens. Uh, I wanted to ask you, with, with you know, kind of everything kind of going towards streaming with, with everything with music, we, we talked to a lot of artists, obviously, 
on this, but you're the first comic I've had a chance to kind of. Does that really is that a is that a good thing for comedy as far as records and that kind of thing? Does it benefit you maybe more than music, or is it like kind of weird? Or no, it's just to do it. It's just the way it is. I mean, I I don't have nobody has a choice. You know, you know, musicians, uh, comics, you know. Anything you put out now, it's you know eighty percent of the of the sales is or people are buying you know yeah. air basically. So I, I can't be against that. I, I, I do my albums with rock packaging. You know, this is my fourth one. They're all you know the packaging is all based on bands that I love. And so for people who who are like you and I who like that, and that's you know it adds a little extra humor to it and obviously some nostalgia that's great but you don't have to you don't have to know that this you know this is a saxon album or a parody of a saxon album to enjoy the material right. i always prefer the um the physical stuff and to be honest 100% honest i'm i'm paying for all the vinyl to be made because I don't care if I sell one of them. I just want my album out on vinyl. So if I have a whole box of vinyl sitting <laughs> in my house and I don't sell any of it, that's fine. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm I'm, I'm down for one. I'll I'll make sure I uh I'll, I'll pick one up, but uh uh are are you a vinyl collector? Yeah. I I haven't bought a CD in 10 years. Just only vinyl, which is I don't have a lot of uh, addictions. Baco, so I spent a lot of money on vinyl. I, you know, that's uh, that's not a bad vice to have. So no, it'll probably um, actually be worth more down the line as opposed to most addictions. Well, and it's crazy too, man, because I do it for the love of it. And I'm trying to, you know, you try to find original pressings, and oh, I got a, I found a German pressing of ACDC Power Age, and you know, I got a Spanish version of uh, Spanish pressing of Rainbow Straight Between the Eyes, and I love all that that aspect of collecting but you know i also log all my albums into an app called discogs and that sort of gives you an idea i was just gonna ask you that awesome oh dude and it's amazing like i'm like wow i have that you know like i have a you know a giant pile of money in my house like that i that i don't didn't realize you know how much some of this stuff is worth so um yeah that's uh, you know at some point I'm, i don't have any kids and i never will so i got nobody to hand this off to so yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it's going, but um, I literally uh, told my wife last night. Uh, all you need is my Discogs login information when I die, and then you'll know how much <laughs> money you can get for the, which of my records are worth anything. You know what I mean? You don't have to like just right. sell them for bulk for fifty dollars or something. You can get you know actual value. But uh, yeah, my will is on Discogs dot com. <laughs> Yeah, no shit. Yeah, I have a I have a, a, a Kiss collection in storage tubs, and then my vinyl. There you go. Well, what else would a woman want? Exactly. I mean, uh, well, <laughs> apparently me. Uh, she married me, but uh, we'll see how long that holds right. up. Uh, all right. Well, hey Don, you've you've been more than gracious with your time at this point. Um, the the record uh, Denim and uh, Laughter is out and available everywhere right now. Coming out on vinyl soon. I encourage all our listeners to pick up a copy of that vinyl so Don doesn't get stuck with a I don't know a few hundred thousand or whatever these things in in his uh, basement. But uh, um, anything else we need to pitch here besides the fact that uh, I broke the story? You're coming to Rock and Pod. Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's it, man. And the honesty that I've been doing press for three weeks, this is the funnest interview I did, man. So thanks a lot for, 
you know, I've been on the phone a lot in the last three weeks. You made this a lot of fun, man. I appreciate it. Well, I can't tell you how much that means to me, but uh, I really hope we catch up with you in Nashville. I think you sound like a guy uh, that it'd be fun to share a drink with. So uh, We shall have a coronavirus curing beer together. All right. Uh, all the best, Don. You have a good night. You as well. Rock and roll! We actually uh, a couple years before that, you you were um, in Minnesota and we met briefly. But you know, it was more like a handshake on the way out. I picked up a copy of uh, Denim and Laughter and uh, or not, not not that new one. I'm sorry, you know, a Hellbent for Laughter. Uh, you were in New okay, Hope, cool. Minnesota, at some I can't remember the place anymore. My my daughter was a teenager in high school at the time, and she used to watch that metal show with me once in a while. So we we went out. And- oh, that's awesome, man. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 